How do you retain your authenticity as an artist in the creative business? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. Well, welcome to season two of the Command Z Show. Uh, We've taken a few weeks off. Uh, A lot of things have changed over the last uh, month or two, but we wanted to get back to recording. And um, so one of those changes, so Dylan, uh, Dylan started a new job and uh, he's pursuing that right now. And uh, we were going to take a little pause for indefinite period of time, but I really wanted to try season two and, and um, be able to talk with a bunch of other people and uh, hear different perspectives on, on different things. So whenever I say we, uh, introducing Shelby over here, you can introduce yourself here in a second, but, um, yeah, she's, she's helping produce this show and, uh, she's going to be a co-host here. So Shelby, introduce (laughs) yourself. Um, I'm Shelby Haggerton. Um, I'm based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, actually. Um, I'm a film producer and writer. Um, and then I'm also a producer at Made by Things. Look at that. I work at Made by Things too. (laughs) (laughs) Coincidence? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so yeah, we I wanted to kick off this 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 second season with, you know, just having a conversation between between me and you, Shelby. And uh in the in the following episodes we'll have some guests, some really, really good guests that I'm really excited to just chat with. Uh but for now, uh I I, I don't know if you have a specific question in mind, but you definitely have a topic here. Um I'm curious, uh what what is the question. Well, I think um, I think something that you know a lot of creatives struggled with, and and something that I definitely struggled with when I was first getting into the to the industry, is being able to remain authentic and you know retaining your voice while still being able to you know make your living as a creative. Um, I think it's it's difficult to find a balance in that. So yeah, I just thought you know it might be something fun to discuss here. Let's break this down. I, I think there's a couple things here. Um, starting with this idea of being true to yourself as a creative. It's it's really interesting that you bring that up. Because I feel like that's all I do every day. I honestly, I don't feel like I, I know how to do it a different way. And it gets it gets weird whenever we start working with like, certain brands that are like have these really long like 200 page brand guidelines um it gets weird it gets really restricting and it's hard to tell a good story or i don't know feel like you can be creative within these 200 pages of different things because you every little decision that you make it could be you know oh you know what i want to do like a little pattern here or i want to turn this thing at 30 degrees and then they might come back with, oh, actually, we want it to be 42 degrees. Uh, 
And um, right, so it's it's tough to to find that stuff. But one of the things that that I always tell brands about this is kind of like my cheap way of kind of making sure that I always kind of stay a little bit more true to myself is that I I tell brands I'm like you know what if you want us to tell a great story for your brand then we're gonna have to find some way to bring who we are into this and it's it's weird it always gets like some some raised eyebrows because it's like oh so you just want to make it about you then right um but I don't know like I I always feel like the the work that we do is sort of like a snapshot into who we are at that very moment. I think especially animation has always been that way for the last 120 years. Um, these, these big animation pieces, it, it, it's very much a snapshot into who we are. And honestly, some, some of that is not a good thing. Uh, as Disney would tell you, if you try to watch any movie be past, you know, yep. or before 1980, you know, they had the little, <laughs> they had the little screen that says like, Hey, just so you know, like our views have changed. Um, right. Um, but I, it's, I don't know, it's, it's who we are as a civilization. And I think for each of us, it's kind of who we are as people. I don't know. Am I talking on my ass right now? Do you feel the that. same way? Um, I think it's interesting because like, I think as creatives, there's so many different, so many different ways we can go. Cause I mean, I worked in, in agency marketing for a while and, and it's a very different, a di very different animal, especially when you're working very directly with sales of which, okay, maybe somebody doesn't understand the creative process as much and trying to be able to articulate that and explain the thoughts behind it and get receiving a lot of pushback. I think there's, I think there's always that thing though, where we need to be able to find ourselves within it. And, and I completely agree with that. I mean, you know, I shot a lot of cabinets before in my life and trying to be able to put yourself of, okay, how can I make this different? How is this me? How can I make this unique? You know, what is the color behind this? What is the right. story? You know, who, who would be living in this home, you know, with this cabinet? I think there's, I think there's a lot to do with it and being able to find that, that story within it is incredibly important. I think it can be hard though, too for creatives to really be able to push themselves and see themselves within a, within a different space. Yeah. I, I always think about things yeah. like travel, like the most inspiring creative events of my life have, have kind of come about because of travel. It's, it's this idea of like, when you see something new, it forces you to think about it a different way. And when you put yourself into certain scenarios, you now think of, it's sort of like this whole butterfly effect thing, right? Like, oh, because I saw this thing this one time, I now see this thing mm -hmm. differently. And that, I guess that is what makes people unique. Um, you know, I guess specific examples, some of the best work that we've done at Made by Things, I feel like has come about from either personal situations or, no, I guess I'll say that. It, it's come about of personal situations where, for me specifically, it's, you know, okay, there's things going on in my life right now or like, you know, kids just take an afternoon and just play with the kids, play with blocks. And then all of a sudden, well, it just so happens that the next thing that we work on has like some yeah. blocks in it. Like, I, I don't, I don't necessarily do it intentionally, but it's like, oh, that's the thing that's really inspiring me right now. And I, I think that 
it's hard for young artists, especially to, f to find the permission, I suppose, in that kind of stuff where <laughs> My little dog's, <laughs> dog's trying to get on this thing. <laughs> yep. And we have another we little co-host <laughs> uh, and, um, but I, I, yeah, so for, for young artists, they, they feel like they're supposed to be yeah. somebody else um, whenever they do things. And I think as, as you get a little bit older, you maybe it's just the lack of caring, but you're just like, you know what? That's not interesting to me right now. I'm going to do something more like this. Um, I, w I would agree with that. Yeah. I think that there's a certain level of maturity within it. Um, and especially once you know what your voice is, and especially once you know... I. I always have this conversation with creatives of what is your process, you know? Cause I mean, it's, it's so different for everybody. I mean, especially, I mean, I come from a background in writing and what is the process for, for being a writer? You know, what time do you write best? What time, I mean, can you be eating or do you work in the morning? You know, do you work at night? I mean, I, I think knowing that about yourself and where you're at as a creative is incredibly important because being able to just know who you are, how you work, how you function, what your voice is and what stories you really want to tell. Um, and I think, you know, there's a certain level of, you know, they, they say it like with, with Ernest Hemingway, you just have to sit down at a typewriter and bleed. I think there's something about knowing who you are and where you come from is, is so important because you can always find something. You can always dig something out of yourself. And I, I think it's important right. too because, I mean, you're discovering something about yourself every time that you may not have known, you know? Yeah, I, I I love that. I love that quote. That's it's so true though. Um that that's probably one of the most asked questions that I get from like young artists where they're like, "How did you like come up with that idea?" I'm like, "I have no idea." <laughs> um I just I I almost feel lazy in a sense where I'm like, "No, I just was playing blocks with my kids and <laughs> it was But I mean, really that's that such an important part um, of your life though. Cause, I mean, okay, so you you have children. I mean, right. like there's a different, it's a completely different creative process there too, because their minds are not thinking the way that you're thinking. And there's that, that childlike wonder of what is a block, you know, what, what could potentially come right. out of that? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't know, but even, yeah, even stuff like, like books that I'm reading at that time where I'm like, oh, nobody knows, but I somehow found a way to bring yep. this thing into it. Like, um, like this project that we're working on right now, um, one of them, you'll figure it out what it is when we start talking about it more. But um, I basically found this, uh, this book called I Pencil. And I was like, wow, that's a really interesting concept book, a little pamphlet made in the 50s. And it's about how, you know, no one person can make a pencil. Like, it just it, it goes into a lot more detail, obviously. But it's just stuff like that. It just, it, it affected me in such an interesting way where I was like, Oh, you know what? And then, you know, within a month or two later, it finds an opportunity to kind of present itself in a concept. It's like, Oh, okay. That's cool. But like, that's, that's kind of the cool part about consuming different things, I guess. And you, you gravitate towards the things that you are interested in and that ultimately forms your taste and what forms your taste forms kind of your, like a style we can call it, you know? Yeah, I, I think like what we consume is incredibly important um, for what we're creating because there's, we call it McDonald's, you know? So, I mean, if you're only consuming McDonald's, 
you know, that's what you're going to put out is McDonald's. So it's right. like, but if you're consuming a large variety, if you're having lots of different tastes, a lot of different, here's a five-star restaurant, here's Michelin star, here's, you know, we're having a lot of different tastes, you know, you're going to put out a lot of different tastes. And I think that's, that's really important to be right. able to have a diverse palate and be exploring different avenues. And, oh, I've never really looked into this before. I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the French New Wave. Like, I love the, the kind of the pure, raw energy that kind of comes from those like French films from the 60s. I think it's great. And because of that, a lot of my own personal work has kind of that, that energy. But then at the same time, like I just saw the Doctor Strange movie you know, a couple weeks ago. And I thought the animation style was, was brilliant with that. I mean, there's such beautiful things within that. So I, I think that it's important to be like, okay, you're consuming these different, these different pieces of media and they're all kind of finding their own way and influencing you in different ways that you may not even know and may not come up for, you know, years later, even down the line. Yeah. I think that kind of gets to another, another thing that I often think about where it's like creating for almost like creating for yourself as mm. art and creating for a brand to actually yeah. make money from it. Right. And those things can be really tough again, especially for like a young artist, like to be able to find the time to make art. Right. Um, but I think that's one of the most crucial things that we can do. I call it a side project, call it whatever you want, but taking that opportunity to, I don't know, just do the things that we did when we were kids, right? I I keep going back to kids. See? Um, but it's like, it's that idea where nothing is as pure as creating as kids. Like they're, they're not trying to get anything out of it. They're just, they're just making because they enjoy it for <laughs> whatever reason. But I think, I think that's really important know. though. And I mean, especially because you have, you know, Especially now, you have the idea of the side hustle. And, and I like the idea of a side project so much better mm -hmm. because having to sit there and go, I, I really like knitting. All of a sudden, if you really like knitting, you better be making money off of that knitting. And there's a right. lot more pressure then because of it. So I think it's good to just be able to sit there and say, okay, this is my work. Here's what I'm creating, you know. I'm creating this for a client. This is my creative process over here. But then also having that freedom to just kind of explore and do something different just for yourself, right. you know, and keeping yourself fresh. Because I, I always have another project going on. Like I'm making a feature this summer. It's like I'm always having, you know, something else going on just, just to keep things a little fresh and exciting and just keeping my brain active in a different space. Yeah, that's awesome. I... That's a really good way of looking at it. I don't know if I, part of my problem, I guess, as a creative is that I'm always fighting the creative versus entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? Ever since I was a kid, it was, I love making, I also yep. love making money. <laughs> um, and I, that probably goes into what could be many years of therapy <laughs> of just how I was raised. But I guess, I don't know, in my family, it was, it was, you know, do whatever you can to make money. Um, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money, which is probably why my mom specifically was always pushing me towards like, just, just make that money. Do it, do what you love, but make that, that money. It's That's that lemonade stand that money. thing, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And um, so 
for me, it's always been this sort of battle where anytime that I find that I'm good at something, I'm like, oh, I can make money at this. And I didn't, I didn't know that I was bad at it until helping, helping my wife just find a sort of career or what she wanted to do, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, where every time that she was like good at something, I'm like, oh, what you could do is you can bundle that up in a little package. You can sell those. Like planning our wedding, I'm like, oh, you could do that. You could plan weddings. And she was just, she always tells me, she's like, not everything needs to be something that you make money at. And I'm like, yeah, that's easier said than done. But um, that, like, this is exactly how it is for me, is that earlier this year, um, after like 25 years, I started collecting comic books again. And I was like, this is such a good idea. Something that's just completely different from the work that we do and just a hobby right like i don't know if i've had a hobby honestly in the last ever honestly like it's maybe since i was a kid so i'm like oh, okay this will be great like i'll have a little hobby and not even a month or two later i'm like i have a whole spreadsheet of how much i paid for oh each one gosh. and how much they're currently valued and i'm like selling them on facebook and i'm like what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but it's like, it's fun to me. It still feels like a hobby, but at the same time, I'm like, I wish I could just do something where I don't think just about the money aspect. Enjoy, you know? Yeah, it's... You take that pressure I, off I don't know. I don't that. know. Oh my gosh. I think it's, you get addicted to that pressure though, I think. I think that's what it is, where it's... Uh, maybe it's maybe it's not that, but I guess for me, it's always been... Um, it kind of goes back to to being a kid. I'm gonna to have to pay you a lot of money for being my therapist after this. I think, but you know, I, I can't blame you though because um, like I I've done traditional art for a long time. I'm, I do a lot of watercolor, and you know, I, I work within you know the, the kind of the more the painting realm and the sketch realm. And I mean, I can't throw stones because like about a month ago, an opportunity came up. They're like, oh, you know, we're gonna let you have like a free table, a free booth to just sell art. And I was immediately like. Right. Okay, sign me on. Let's do it. Like, yeah. I, I can make some prints. That's fine. No biggie. It's like, you know, I just, I make art because I like to make it. But then the moment that opportunity came right. up of, oh, you know, you could make a few bucks. Like, oh, well, it's not bad. Right. It's, it's interesting because it, I don't know, you know, whenever I was a kid and I, before I even decided to go to art school, it was like, man, like this, that was the dream, right? To be able just to make something every day. And yeah, it's Friday today. And I'm like, whew, thank God it's Friday, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, man, I sound almost ungrateful in a way sometimes uh, of, of what we're able to do, you know, to, to make money doing these kinds of things. I think to me, that's that's where I, I just feel bad, I guess, when it comes to those kinds of things. Like, I wish I could feel that same way that I felt when I was, you know, got my first job and got my first paycheck where I was like, I can't believe it. I feel like I was pulling a fast one on everybody. <laughs> I was like, they're going to they're gonna figure me out. Um, they're going to take They'll this money away from me. They'll get at some point. They'll know. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I don't know. It's been, oh, I want to say I got my first job in 2009, so about... 13 mm -hmm. years or so, maybe 14. And I, I don't know, I still feel that same way. And uh, it's kind of exciting in a way where it's just like, uh, um, but I don't know, I guess 
it's it's still fun though to I guess that's why again I kind of bring it back to like my kids and just watching them create and they'll give me a blank sheet of paper and be like hey can you draw this can you draw this can you draw this and I'm like oh this is fun um but if given enough time I would be like oh you know what we should do next <laughs> we should sell these Let's make things. a coloring book all together um, and we'll put all of our drawings together right yep. right. right but I don't know it's um and I, I guess bringing it back to kind of some of the work that we do and just that brand side of things a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it can definitely get weird. And I've definitely seen a lot with, with some artists where they stop doing what they're doing because they feel like they're yep. selling their soul, like selling the thing that they weren't really, they didn't really want to do. Um, and I, I don't know. I, to me, I feel like there, there's some kind of disconnect though. Like if you can find a way to make projects personal, then I guess one, you don't necessarily need a side project. Um, like if, if you feel fulfilled with the work that you do, which doesn't happen all the time. Like, let's get that straight. Like when you work a job, like it's just kind of how Sometimes it goes, it's you know, just a job. <laughs> but every so often. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, uh, Colin, one of the animators on our team, I remember... <laughs> Early on, I was like asking him this really deep question about like something. I can't remember what it was, but I think it was something related to the business. I'm like, like, you know, we could do this, we could do that. And he kind of just stared at me for a minute. He's like, I just work here, man. <laughs> I'm like, it's a good way to look at it. I'm going to start saying that oh too. <laughs> that sounds like Colin. Um, yeah, <laughs> it really does. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's important to be that way, but also again, just there's nothing more exciting than finding a way to bring in who you are into the projects that you do, whether it's a little Easter egg kind of thing, or whether it's a, a core story to you. Um, another example is uh, a project that we did for a company called provide a couple months ago. <clears throat> and we did a, a brand film and for this one right here. So when I was writing that, I was like, they want to do something a little bit more deep and meaningful. Like, I don't know anything about doctors. I'm not a doctor. I've never thought about being a doctor. But I started thinking about like, like, okay, how do I relate to this? How can I get, how can, how can I empathize with the doctor essentially? And what it came down to for me after thinking about it for a while is like, okay, the thing that I have in common with a doctor, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist when doctors are kids, I don't know how many of them, but a lot of kids say that they want to be a doctor. I mean, a lot of kids say that they want to be an artist. A lot of kids say that they want to be an athlete. I was like, it's really those three things like that all kids basically want to be in some way. I'm like, so, so there it was for me. I was like, oh, okay. Like if I just rephrase the story, instead of saying artist, I'm saying doctor, let's tell that story. And, um, I, that was one of the, I don't know, it's it's such a personal story to me, but it was for a brand and nobody would ever suspect that it had anything to do with yeah. me personally, right? Um, and I don't know, I, it, it can be really tough to to find a way to put yourself into projects, but I think it's important to do that. Otherwise, you, you get that, I don't know, you can easily get burnt out from just doing, you know, giving your gift to somebody else, basically. I've, I've seen that with, with a lot of creatives of just 
they give so much of themselves and then they're they completely burnt themselves out. I mean, I, I, I know, um, I know an editor and an animator where he's, he's given himself so much and he's just, he's so burnt out. And I mean, he's constantly working all the time, all the time. And he's just, he's gotten to such a point of just, I don't know where to go with myself anymore. It's like, you know, trying to be able to step back and find yourself and where you're at and what you're doing, I think is, is really important. I think that you have to be kind of a reflective person. You know, I think that you need to be able to, to look back and say, okay, this is where I'm at in my life right now. Am I happy doing this? You know, what do I need to change to make things better? And how can I sit there and say, okay, how can I bring more of myself into what I'm doing into my projects? And I, I think that especially for, for young creatives, because I remember when I first started off, like, you know, graduate college, yay, I'm going to be an artist. This is so cool. And then all of a sudden you start a job and you're like, oh, this is a very different kind of art than what I thought I would be ever doing, you know, and it's, it's a completely different world. And trying to be able to sit there and not lose yourself, I think is, is very important, especially for young creatives. Yeah, I think the other thing, though, is that it's inevitable. Like there are seasons where you will feel like you're just doing it all for nothing and you just lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing. It's kind of like Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how familiar with him, but like the whole start with why thing and, you know, understanding what your why is in the world. And there there has there's these periods of calibration that need to happen because if you if you don't calibrate then that's whenever yeah you just i don't know can definitely be driven mad by doing things that you don't even want to be doing anymore um and if, for me one of those periods was when i was working out in los angeles i was so happy that you know dream come true i always said i wanted to work in los angeles i was working on these really big name projects for you know, things that people were seeing all over the world. I was like, this is, this is it. This is like amazing. But one after another, these projects just kept coming in. And I was like, when does it stop? Like when, what am I, I already did it. I, I did the goal. Like, what am I doing now? <clears throat> like, I'm not doing anything different. It's just more. And I don't know. It. I guess to me, the, the time that I, needed to change something was whenever we had my <clears throat> had my my first son it was like okay well we're gonna do something different because he's gonna he's gonna force everything to be different anyway so it was like to me it was one of those reflective periods where it's like what do you really want to do and and for me it was like well i didn't really love the kind of work i was doing like yeah my name was on things and that was cool but I just, I didn't love what I was doing. I was like, I feel like anybody could do this kind of stuff. And honestly, anybody could do it better than me as well. Like than the stuff that I was doing. You've got some imposter syndrome. So I didn't really. Oh my gosh. For sure. No, it it was. But like, it's also being honest with myself. Like, like I, I think that I'm a, a good, a good creative director. I think that I'm a good business owner. I think there are people that are better for sure. So I, I have that self-awareness, but I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with, you know, taking 100th place in a race of 500 people um, for the most, for the most part. I mean, I want to win obviously, but yeah. I'm okay with that. 
I think that's another thing over time with that maturity where it's like, you know what? I don't need to win yes. every single time. Um, but so for me, it was like, there's people that are better at this stuff. Like a lot of people that are better at it. I'm just, I'm not uniquely suited to do this thing. So it was like, I wanted to be more on like the design side of things. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going to just move somewhere else. And that's what I'm going to do. Like, it was like starting a complete new chapter in my life. And, um, you know, I take that experience that I got there, but you know, I was, I was doing primarily visual effects stuff in Los Angeles, but I was like, no, I want to be more on the design side. So that's basically what I started doing. Like a couple weeks after I came to Columbus was all right. Like that's your new role. <laughs> so only take on things that, that do that. And, um, I mean, it's, it certainly helped, right. It, it definitely lit a fire for me and, I don't know, help me get that inspiration back, get that motivation yeah. back. But, you know, over that time, there's definitely been those those periods where it's like, mm, I'm doing a lot of this thing that I don't like. I need to adjust um, since then, you know. I, I think that's a brave thing to do. I think that, I think reflecting on where you're at and being willing to make a change is is very brave because it's very hard. Especially, I mean, once you've established yourself in a specific area, and this is what I'm good at, and I like this, and this is kind of my bubble, this is my niche. And stepping beyond mm -hmm. that is, is scary. Especially, I mean, if you're going to go and, and start something completely new, I mean, creating a business, I mean, that's a lot. And it's, it's frightening. And I think being able, especially being brave enough to say, I'm good at this, but I'm not the best at it, and I could be better at it. Because there's, um, mm -hmm. I know creative, and he's like, well, he says that he doesn't like it when people say that, you know, they know Premiere inside and out, you know, because right. you never do. And there's always something more to learn. Right. And I, I don't think that, you know, I would never call myself, oh, I'm an expert at this or I'm an expert at that. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I understand. But we're never really experts at it because we're always growing. There's always more to learn. Right. And I think once you say, well, I've learned everything that I can, why are you still here? You know, because we're always should be pushing right. ourselves to learn more and become better because I mean, why, why do it then? You know, why, why do it if, right. if you're not continuing to grow and develop and learn, especially, I mean, you, you have to be brave enough to sit and say, I'm good at this. What else can I do? Am I happy doing this? Can I do more? Right. I think that's an important thing as well is like. You sort of, I don't know, an important part of like this sort of burnout in a way is that you hit a wall. Like the, the first thing that happens is you hit a wall. Yeah. You meet some kind of resistance of some kind. And that wall looks completely different for a lot of people. But one of those things is you stop learning. Uh, for somebody like yourself, especially, that likes to learn new things. Well, when you get in a situation where you're not learning things anymore, that's a huge wall. So... I don't know. When you run into those things, it's like, well, what do you do? Do you, I don't know, just, I don't know, bite your tongue and just keep pushing through, which is, I don't know, what most Midwestern people seem to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, or do you, I, I don't know, maybe there is an element of bravery involved there where it's like, all right, it's time to make a change. And I don't know. It's, it's easy for me to, to say, yeah, make the change. As somebody that has jumped around the country a little bit and 
there was a period there where in the course of 10 years, I lived in like eight different places. And it's like, well, it didn't seem that crazy to me then. But now looking back on it, I was like, I was really trying to find where the grass was greener, clearly. Um, but I think, you know, it's also finding that acceptance uh, or, or understanding where that point of acceptance is for you. Like what understanding what those non-negotiables are for you. Like, okay, if I'm not learning anything more, then I need to get the hell out. Or if I'm not learning anymore, it's like, well, that's fine because this other thing is, you know, keeping me excited mm -hmm. and interested, you know? And I think it comes down to each individual, what their, what their non-negotiables are. But, um, I think it's another, another important thing to kind of keep in mind. I, I like that you mentioned kind of chasing that grass is greener. Um, I think it's, I think it's really common because, you know, I've been told a lot of times like, oh, you need to move to LA. You, you, you won't have a right. career unless you move to LA. And I, I think that it's important because like I, I go to, um, Emerson college, I'm getting my MFA in screenwriting there. And it's such an important thing to us as writers where, you know, we have a writer, she's from Detroit. She writes stories about Detroit. You know, that's that's what she writes. Right. And it's it's fascinating. And, you know, one of the reasons they, they liked me there is because I had stories from the Midwest. You know, it's a very different story than what we're used to. I mean, if you look at a lot of TV shows or a lot of films, I mean, a lot of them take place in L.A. or New York. And, and we're missing different right. areas. And I think that kind of that grass is greener of you have to go here, you have to go there. Then you'll find yourself. You'll find your voice there. You'll be able to succeed there. I think it's watering your own grass. You know, making your grass right. greener, creating a space for yourself. I think that's incredibly important. And especially, I mean, being Midwest creators, being able to say, okay, I'm in South Dakota. How can I make South Dakota better? What can I do for this space and for the other right. creators in this space? You know, how, how can we all work together to make our, make our area better? And I mean, it's the same thing in Ohio. I mean, it's the same thing across, like, especially the central United States. How can we make our spaces better. Right. I, that's a really good point. And that kind of, that was one of the big things for me going from Los Angeles mm -hmm. to Columbus was I was like, okay, I know that a lot of people are going to be like, this was a stupid yep. idea. Right. <laughs> but I was like, I, I get it. People are going to question it and be like, why'd you move <laughs> here from there? Um, which I still hear that question constantly. And like, I, I get it. I get why people ask those questions. Like, yes, the weather is beautiful. But to me, it was kind of like you were saying. It's like, I want to be able to impact the place yep. around me. And it was just, it was hard to jump into a new place like Los Angeles and be able to impact Los mm -hmm. Angeles as a whole, right? Like, that's that's too too big of a mountain to really, I don't know, try to do. But it was weird because I met more people from Ohio and Los Angeles than I did yeah. Los Angeles. Like, they, it's just so many people you just flock to that area. And I, I always tell people like, if you're interested in moving there, I would never tell you not to, but I can tell you that you, there's a good chance you might not find what you're looking for. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know, weirdly enough for me, it was, you know, being that far away from home made me just realize I was like, I mean, I'm from Cleveland area, not from Columbus, but still Ohio mm -hmm. is kind of home. Uh, being that far away from home, you just you get excited every time you hear about Ohio or wherever you're from, you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like we're making news or like oh, a new company started there and it's doing well. Um, 
and I wanted to be part of that. Like I wanted to be part of, you know, a, a small city doing great things. So I don't know. I, I, yeah, I guess if, if I can say it was, was anything like that, that was a big reason why I wanted to move here. And as soon as I did, I started up any little events that I could just to meet as many people as possible. And, um, I, I like to feel like I'm making an impact on the city around me right now, but I don't, even if it's tiny, then I'm fine with I that. Too, yeah. Like, especially having like little communities, I think it's, it's so much, your successes are so much bigger and you have so many more like people supporting you, you know, I mean, when you go and you say, okay, I did this and everybody goes, yes, that's awesome. Let's all work together on it. Because I mean, when you go to LA or something, it's like, okay, I did this. It's like, okay, yeah, we've all done that. You know, what's, what's new? Tell me something right. new. And when you're in those right. small communities, it's like every, every win is a good win. And it's a big win for the community. And bringing that to those smaller communities is good. And it gives everybody hope, you know, of, okay, this person's doing it. I'm going to do it. Let's all do this. And I think it's a lot easier to find that support and to find your community. Right. I think that element of community kind of brings us back a little bit to yeah. voice, right? I think you kind of mentioned it there a little bit, but the, kind of that initial initial question of like, how do you, I don't know, find your voice? How do you keep your voice mm -hmm. alive whenever it comes to being creative? Um. A big part for me was surrounding myself with people that, I mean, ever since I was a kid, it was always, okay, who do I want to spend my time with? Like, who inspires me to kind of keep going? And honestly, I didn't have a whole lot of those people around me as a kid. So it was it was tough. It wasn't until I went to art school where I was like, wow, like, I had no idea there were so many people yes. like me in the world. Like, this is crazy. And it was it was fun. Like, I enjoyed that. And ever since then, it's always been like, Find, finding your support system of people that yes. will keep you going, uh, even when you're feeling a little bit exhausted. And I don't know, like it's 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 good to hear, like if I'm having a crappy day or something like that, and it's just like, well, I'm not really making the impact that I wanted to make. But then like come across somebody that was either a student that I taught or somebody that went to Making Midwest years ago and they 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 have a new job and they're succeeding. And it's like, wow, like, like no, I'm not going to take like a lot of credit for that, but it's like, I don't know, like just, just hearing how excited they are just to talk to me and proud they are of what they were able to do. It's like, man, that's, that's cool to just play just a tiny role in that. And, but like, there's so many people like that for me that like, you know, seeing what uh, mm -hmm. Dylan is one of those people where, um, it just what he's done in his life and the things that he believes in, like it, it shapes you shapes you for the better and it's like that's that's what you want is to find those people that can shape you in those ways that you're happy with the people that give you energy and try to stay away from the people that take I, the energy i completely <laughs> agree with that and i think that that goes into like burnout too if you have a community right. of people that can say okay what's wrong what's the problem let's fix it how can we make this better where you're not just you know sitting alone in your house going i'm sad I don't know what to do about it. And you have other people to help push you. I mean, that was such a thing like through Emerson where we, we have our little like our writers groups and, you know, we'll, we'll meet up and we'll say, okay, what's everybody working on? Are you happy with what you're working on? How can I help what you're working on? 
is there something that I have that could influence it? I mean, and, you know, writer's block. I don't believe in it, but other people do. Um, it's, it's, okay. I mean, it's, it's a thing. And, you know, sometimes you lack a little bit of inspiration. Sometimes you hit that roadblock. And I think having people there to say, okay, let's think about this in a completely different way. I mean, having those other perspectives right. is so crucial to being a good creative. And that collaboration is so important to being able to create something, something new and something fresh and, and something new for yourself too. Right. So, you know, that, that idea of creative block, it's, it's been something that's always interested me because I feel the same way as you. I'm like, I don't necessarily believe in it, not in the way yeah. that a lot of people seem to talk about it anyway. Um, I was, I had a conversation with my accountant the other day and he's like, oh, that's really cool that you can be like creative in your job. And I'm like, you are too, I'm sure. And he's like, no, he's like, I can't like draw or anything. I'm like, well, that's not really what creativity is, but I'm like, I'll humor you in that. I'm like, you know, you could paint, like you could, you could get some oil paints, you can get some paintbrushes, you can get a canvas and you can paint. Like for some reason or another, people think that they can't. And I was like, it's because you're afraid. And I think you thought that was a really weird thing to say to your accountant, but I'm like, you're just afraid of making stuff. Like it's, it's no, that's, that's what happens whenever kids get to be adults, they just become more afraid of creating things. There's, I don't know, more afraid of the judgment from others. Um, And when you can, I don't think that fear ever really goes away, but I think you can find a way to recognize it and then create in spite of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have such a pet peeve. I hate it when people go, well, I can't draw. I can't do this. I'm not a creative Mm -hmm. person. It's like art. Okay. I think about it as like, okay, when you're in high school and somebody says, oh, I can't do math. That's a big thing. They go, okay, well you should be able to do math. You're failing math. But if somebody says, I can't do art, they go, oh, well, that's just not your, that's not your interest area. That's just not what you're good at. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, okay, but, but art is a skill, oh, geez. you know, it's something that you're learning. I mean, you know, Van right. Gogh didn't just come out and say, but I'm just great at this. He worked at it. You know, art is a right. skill and you have right. to be constantly perfecting it the same way as, you know, you'd be working on your multiplication table. Here's working on shading, you know, right. you, having to be able to, it's a muscle. The brain is something you have to work right. and it's your creative muscle. And I think, you know, if you, if you just say, I'm not any good at this, you've given up and you have to say, okay, maybe I'm not good at this right now, but I could be, you know, I could draw with the right, with the right effort and, and saying, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to start drawing. I mean, I I love it when I see people like, you know, in their fifties, sixties, seventies, and they just pick up something new just because they're curious and they want to do something new with it. Uh, 100%. That's, I don't know. I, so as a kid, that was always pretty terrible in school. I can, for me, it was, I, I had a little bit of, I don't want to call it natural talent. I just, I got a couple of compliments of mm-hmm. like my drawing early on. And that, that gave means me confidence. The world to a kid. <laughs> yeah. It does. Especially for a kid. Right. It's just like giving people I had enough confidence where I felt like what I was doing was yeah. good to other people, luckily. And that made me keep going and keep practicing at that thing. But other people, if they make something and somebody's just like, oh, yeah, um, all of a sudden they lose that confidence and then they stop doing yeah. that thing over time. 
Um, but it's, it's weird because I was almost like that with math. I was never, never, ever good at math. Um, and then like, I, I failed my geometry class in ninth grade. I basically got D's throughout any math course that I ever had in high school. And it wasn't until I went to college where they actually had me start at a much lower level in math. I, this story is relevant, I promise. <laughs> um, they had me start at like the lower level and I was like, oh my God, like because I didn't try on my placement yeah. test, like now they're having me start at like the lowest level of math to like so lo low that they wouldn't even count it as college credit. So I had to take this class just to be able to get to the college level class. But that was one of the best things for me because I got to start over from a basic understanding of where I last remember things going. Uh, I mean, in college, I got A's in all of my math classes because I was able to kind of rebuild that confidence from scratch. And, you know, because people were there kind of believing that I could do something, I also believed in it myself, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I, I, even still to this day, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm very math oriented with even how I'm mm -hmm. creative and things and how I go about creating things. But I, you're right though. Like it's, how that works is exactly like art and and creativity design animation video like writing it's you know finding a way to build your confidence and a lot of times that that community that you surround yourself with that's why you like i don't know yeah. that's when they give you and when you feel like they give you energy it's because they're giving you confidence in what you do um and it could be hard to find those groups, especially if you're pretty introverted. But I still think there's even groups online that um, can be really effective at, at those things. And yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think that I think it's good when we have somebody that's starting off to just full support. You know, and I think that that comes with finding a community and, and finding good communities because, you know, I've. I've wandered my way through a lot of different, you know, film communities, especially where, you know, a new person will walk on the scene and there's a lot of heavy criticism. Because I remember, you know, I, I made my, my first short film years ago and, you know, the first thing I got was here, can I, can I give you a few paragraphs as to what I don't like about this? It's like, well, that doesn't help me. And it makes me not want to go to you right. ever again for, for criticism because you, you, there, you right. need the support. You need somebody to push you first. Right. And I think that's an important thing to do. And, I'm, and I think that it's a hard thing, too, because once you get above a certain age, people don't like to give that kind of support to people. It's a lot easier right. when you're a student. And I, I regret when I was a student, you know, in right. undergrad, not saying, hey, I'm a student. Please help me. Because people are so much more willing to right. help students. Because once you no longer have that title, once you're, I'm a professional, I'm out in the world. People are a lot less likely mm -hmm. to give you to give you helpful, supportive feedback. And I think that that's an important thing that we should continue to do, you know, especially within our smaller communities, because it helps us grow and it helps us all become better together. Right. I, I just had a post on LinkedIn this morning where I was talking about um, just my favorite mm -hmm. teachers, basically, in my life and how I'm always like trying to when I encounter certain situations, I kind of think about like how that person would respond to this. 
like knowing that they were all good at different things. You know, sometimes I have to be tough and it's like, ooh, like, no, you need to, you need some tough love here. Um, and sometimes it's, no, you just need to understand where they're at in, uh, like as an individual right now and be able to try to figure out how to, you know, how, how you can make the scenario better for them specifically. Um, but it's very much one of those things where everyone has a different way of kind of giving critiques and giving feedback and it's, it's tough. So like even those people that are like, okay, here's everything that's wrong with it. For some people, that's all they need, all they need. And they're like, got it. I'm going to, you know, hit the pavement right now. Work, 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 go, go, go. And that's what I'm going to do. But that can, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess being careful and it's, it's finding the people that you want, that you trust that can give feedback that is honest, but still give you energy about that thing as well. Again, I, I use this phrase of like giving energy, like it's some physical thing, but I can't, I feel it, but I can't see it. Obviously. (laughs) I don't know. Um, there's just, there's certain people you want to be in a room with and certain ones that you don't like it just, as soon as you're with them, it just completely changes your mood for yes. either the better or worse. Um, but it, so it is, it's, it's finding those people in your community that you trust to tell you mm-hmm. hard things, but to be able to still make you feel yeah. good about it. And again, that's, it's tough cause that's, that's a whole skill in itself to be able to do that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a say. big fan with feedback. I'm a big fan of the three first reads where, so like for script writing, you usually have like your first person who you love and you trust and maybe it's your your best friend or something and they, they know you, they know your style, they know who you are. Then you have somebody who writes similar to you, writes things that are, you know, of a similar genre, similar content. And then you have somebody mm-hmm. that does something completely wildly different from anything that you do. Somebody that, you know, maybe they don't even watch that kind of content. They're not creating that kind of content. It's something completely different. Maybe they're not even in the same industry as you. Just because you're going to get a completely different feedback from it. So I'm a big fan of like, you know, that trust, the friend, and then the wild card. I think that, I think that those are, are really good. Because you're going to get some of your best feedback from that wild card. But you're still getting that support too at the same time. I really love that. I've never heard that before. So it's a it's a very that's really clever. Emerson. It's it's a big thing with us. I like that a lot. I yeah. I guess and it's also that idea of you don't necessarily have to take one hundred percent of the feedback that you're given mm-hmm. from people, right? So by having multiple people look at it and you know, you're kind of mm-hmm. looking at different things, um you can see if there's any common threads. You can see, I mean, if all three people say the same thing about something, you can almost be certain that that needs to change. But at the same time, if you're still like, no, nope, my vision, uh, this needs to stay. This is, yeah, exactly. Like this is still part of, part of me and what I want. Like I'm leaving it. Like you have that ability to, to do those things. Obviously with clients, yeah. we don't really have <laughs> that necessarily, like necessarily that kind of freedom. Like, so one of the things was in that provide video. I wanted the main character to be named Maddie after my daughter. And at a certain point, they're like, can we change the name oh. to Addie? Because that's uh, the CEO's daughter's name. And I was like, yeah. So close. 
I know, but like I wasn't gonna like make it a whole thing with them, so I was like, yeah, we'll just we'll just change it. Um, but I just still, it, it's little stuff like that. Like, how can you find yourself in things? And there's, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways. But um, let's go to uh, let's go to yeah. some final thoughts here. Do you have any any final yeah. thoughts on this this topic? I know I we covered a lot of ground here. Like but. wrapping that back to you know the main theme. I think that being able to find yourself in the work, finding your own story in the work and being supported by another community of creatives who can help you and aid you and and push you further as a creative is really important. And I think that you can find that balance, that balance between here's my story in the work here. I'm also financially stable as a creative, you know, being a working artist is hard, but continuing to keep yourself and retaining that authenticity especially by having communities around you that push you to maintain that authenticity is really important. And I think that's, that's how you do it is to surround yourself with, with good people and have that support. Nice. Love that. I would, I would say, uh, I wanted to say what you said, but you said it way better. (laughs) So I'm going to say something else altogether. Um, I think it is having, setting aside those times Mm -hmm. to reflect, even when things feel good, to be able to reflect, like, why? Why does why does everything feel like it's flowing really well right now? Um, I think it's worth studying good case studies as well as potentially bad ones. So, you know, taking the time to reflect on those things. I One of the things that I do is I'm just, I'm constantly writing. Nobody ever reads a word of what I write. But okay. call it a diary if you want. But uh, exactly, I, I call it a journal. <laughs> and it's... It's trying to analyze those kinds of things of what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and separating those things. It's hard to do. I don't, I don't know if it's from a male perspective in general, it's just really mm-hmm. difficult to do. Um, I've, the, the men that I surround myself with, it is very difficult yeah. to do. I can tell you that much, but it's, it's, it's just, it's hard to separate thinking and feeling. And when you are feeling good about things, it's trying to identify what that is and why you feel good about those things. And when it comes to the creative work that you're doing, there's definitely, there, there's definitely, when you're working with a client, there's always going to be times where you just don't like what you do. And that's not really, uh, maybe it sounds bad, but it's not really your problem <laughs> if you don't, if you don't love it. But like, if you do a bunch of things in a row, you know, you're spending six months in a row working on yeah. stuff that you don't like, it's going to turn into a problem whether you want it to or not. Um, like you, you just can't ignore it at a certain point and you will start to feel differently about the things that you're making. So, um, yeah, I guess it's check in with yourself and, and keep reflect. A journal. I think it's good. Men keep journals. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's so much more, it's a lot easier as a woman to be able to like reflect on things and sit in your feelings. And I think it's, I think it's good for men to do it. Agree. Um, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's all we have. Hope you enjoyed this first episode of season two. Uh, like I said, we got a lot of good things, uh, planned in the, the next couple of months and, uh, yeah. Uh, Shelby, it's good to, good to have you on, on board. Looking forward to have you helping, uh, give really difficult interviews to some of these (laughs) guests, this hard hitting journalism gotcha stories I'm sure you're gonna have or gotcha questions and stuff 
Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, that's all I got. Love you, bye. The Command Z Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.